Plug for the Warriors Raptors my NBA man, Finals game two tonight. Michigan sports. My man, my man from Traverse City. Pistons, baby. Drive a Pontiac. Wow. Going back with that GM reference. I, I think I saw a Pontiac maybe like a month ago. I saw an actual Pontiac, and I'm like, where do you go get that? Where do you go get that car service? Where do you get that service, man? There you go. Is there anybody alive who services Pontiac? It wasn't a thunder. It wasn't a sea. It was some other party. <laughs> As if they made any other kind. Hey, you know what? I was. I've, I've been. I've been listening to this thing about John DeLorean. Right. <laughs> do you wanna? Do we wanna? Do we wanna? Con- do you wanna continue with that? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Yeah, I wanna, I'm, I'm almost done with it. Like, but I haven't. That was it. I got a story about John DeLorean. I had to come here and do and this. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to know. I had to come here and do this bullshit. Oh. That's why I'm not gonna regale it. us with your DeLorean story. <laughs> There's a lot of DeLorean stories. Is there DeLorean a flux story. capacitor involved? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Here's the thing. When I I saw Bad to the Future before, I was like, knew anything about science. And so you know what's Doc really Brown, cool though? Like, I'll tell you this much. I yeah. saw I saw a fucking cool picture of like a 1960s car, like a GTO or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he had with that fucking wing door though, which was fucking cool. It was really cool looking. It was like 1960s. The, the thing. fucking you door was like up in the sky. Here's the thing. You, cool. you you must have known John DeLorean never went to parking lot. Well, not well. First he off, never first off, went he dyed his hair black. <laughs> That's you, you already the only way that car would work is not in a parking lot. Hey, talking about the DeLorean from Back to the Future? Yeah, you could. You had to open it. Yeah. You cannot open that in a parking lot. Yeah, you can. Oh, I like that part. Next to another car? Fucking wing door shit is fucked up. Nobody wants that bullshit. You can't have a family with wing doors and bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Give me a fucking door that closes like a real door, you dick. You sound like Shark Tank. John DeLorean was alive and well. But you know, that's why John DeLorean's ass. You asked why the motherfucking doors didn't work. It's because the motherfucking the public is like, fuck you. That shit is bullshit. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I just want a regular door. Can I get a regular door? The public spoke. They did not want the wing. 
asses in the 60s, and I beat the asses again in the 80s. In 2007, about 6,500 DeLorean cars were thought to still exist. There you go. Oh, my. Dahi. Dahi. Wait, wait, what? In GMC in Texas announced a plan to build about 6,500 DeLorean cars. The cost just Yeah, I put a commercial in my fucking feet. I didn't know that he sang a wrong sponsored the weekend. Well, it sponsored our weekend. It sponsors this Sunday. We are brought to you by Yisson Leron, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. The weekend? Okay. I had no idea. Do you feel the call? I just Black like this. Wait, wait, hold on. Feel the call. Yves Saint Laurent. I just Black like, o- I just Black like, opium I just like the ad. The ad is so fucking weird. It reminds me of this. It reminds you of Barry White? Yeah. In the background. Good. Did Barry White do all of his um, instrument playing? No. It's a band. <laughs> yeah. He's just sitting around with fucking bongos. The one man band. Yeah. yeah. Barry, Barry White with some bongos. Yeah, there he is. Barely see that nigga without back. a suit on. I'm in the back. Yeah, I'm in the back with the suit playing bongos. All right, the lyrics here keep on, keep doing keep it. On, right doing on, it. right on, oh, doing it. Please keep on, right Do on. Do not <laughs> fucking fuck with the lyrics. <laughs> whatever, whatever. That's the, that's the first line coming up. Let me, yeah. I'm, let me I'm tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. The first line, the first line is whatever, whatever. I will do. Whatever, whatever. Six words. I'll the see you through. Uh, the six words. Yo, bruh. The, 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 the fucking real lines of the song. Whatever, whatever. Told you, whatever, whatever. I will. Girl, I'll do. You think, okay. If you think about it now, if you think about this, I'm gonna. Who do you think unofficial, unofficial has a higher number? You think Barry White got more? Got, got more? What, more pussy? Barry White? Barry White or Will Chamberlain? Crap. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. Barry White. Yeah. Yeah. You think he got as much as Will Chamberlain? 
Do you think? Do you think he fucked to his own music?
That's how they say it in the streets. Party foul! Oh, no. Not, not the ashtray that, like, I can't use because he doesn't want me to smoke in the room. You're just supposed to ash your shit there. You don't necessarily supposed to smoke and ash at the same time. That's part of the and gig. And it's an ashtray for green. That's the gig. That's the ashtray gig. The ashtray gig is that you, you get to be smoked on. This is a red wine here wants to try a white. Are you talking shit? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. yes. We got Pinot yes, Grigio. I do. The Pinot Grigio. I know. Uh, from Washington. Like, no. What do you like about white wine? Uh, you're an asshole. <laughs> Remember when you asked me before, why do I call you an asshole? <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> That's why you're an asshole. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just asking the questions here, man. No, okay. <laughs> Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying so to get you, paid what, what, what you like, Check what you this like, out. Blah, blah, blah. Since Norby Walters I like, blah, 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 blah. I like, I like how, Karen like, Lewis like, like, bubbly and, like, the key and forth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. And refreshing. Okay, so it's almost rolling like, with it's like, it's like, rolling a, with like a holiday. Rush Town Management. It's like when you Check drink that shit. Since we talking over this death beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them death rhymes. You know what I'm saying? It's together. When you get paid as full. It could be when you drink a motherfucking white wine. It would be. It would be so nice. Yeah, a good God. white a good white wine. Is, a good white wine is like that. Yeah, if it's a good white wine, it's it's. It makes great, it feel like that. Makes it feel like a holiday. Makes it yeah. feel like Madonna yeah. singing holiday. Yeah, it really does. I'm not bullshit. It really plan. does. This ain't like, nothing but sweat inside like, my okay. hand. So I dig awesome. it to my pocket, all my money spent. So I could deep You're awesome. still coming up with lint. So yeah, I that's start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how I'm gonna get dead pregnant. Everybody is awesome. I used to be a stick-up yeah. kid, so I think of all the devious things I yeah. did. Like, I used to roll. It's six o'clock. You're at Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs>
international banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government. And it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit? thing called it's joke workshop joke workshop yep every monday 6 to 8 p.m on the mutant radius so you're saying i could tell my jokes every monday from 6 to 8 that's what i'm saying it's the joke workshop mondays 6 to 8 p.m at the mutant radius Yahoo. <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. really, really good time. Black, black, black. big and Saturday, noon to two. I'm a freeway. I am a Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex, The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. 
Hey, mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how Listen to my 
download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio The world's deadliest assassins are already dead. A shadowy group of killers for hire is eliminating world leaders, crime lords, and CIA agents. Inexplicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon with Bow and Arrow Presents Dark Side of the Circus, a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only, September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the dark side of the moon. Try, try and try. 
All right, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, January 24th, 2020. Starting off the show with some music, as we usually do. And in the last few weeks, I've gotten... I've changed up the show a bit over the years, and now I'm in the stage of playing records on the show. I have before, but really just concentrating on it. The San Francisco Public Library is a great resource to get albums there, and we have record players here, and it sounds so good. And it's also a great reminder of how um, just albums that playing full albums and being able to listen to them is a really nice reminder that that's possible. So I'll be doing that on the show today. Hear a little bit of feedback. Hopefully you all don't hear it. We've got a few technical difficulties here at the station, which might not come as a surprise. It's a very DIY space and bare bones. And right now, our fourth microphone is down, and the big speaker on top is not quite working so well. So if you have a few bucks to spare, please do come by, drop it off in the bucket here. Also, we have a Venmo set up now. It's at Mutiny Radio, all one word. And if you go to mutinyradio.fm, you can find info there. Also, if you have any technology you want to donate, headphones, microphones, cords, anything like that, it would be super, and or know-how, that would be super helpful. Appreciate it a lot. Today we have an informative show coming up, and I say informative because I know I'll definitely be learning a lot, and I've got a lot of news stories that are that are in the tabs here online, ready ready to go, ready to be read, as well as documentary footage that we'll be sharing the audio from and listening uh, to information about squatting that happened. This was one that happened in London in 1975. There's a, some interviews about that, and this is in direct reference to the Mom, Moms for Housing and they have thankfully been offered uh, to able to buy the house from Wedgwood, which is a super evil company that came to their house that they were occupying with guns and traumatized people. And we also playing a little bit of an interview that two of the folks did with Democracy Now! about their experience with that. And there was a thread on Twitter that about feminist, uh, feminist occupying space, and that's where I found the link to this little documentary that I'll be playing a bit of. I say little because I couldn't think of a better adjective. It's about a little less than half an hour, and we'll be playing that later on in the program. Big thank you to folks for listening. Perhaps it's your first time. Perhaps you've listened before. Either way, thank you, and I appreciate it very much. And I volunteered this past week at, there's a Chani Nicholas talk at the Herbst Theater that was super informative and uh really appreciated it and she spoke with Fanya Davis and learned a lot from that talk and also the land acknowledgement that she gave um, that Chani gave at the beginning was from uh, the Girls Rock Camp Alliance so I wanted to share that and I've been doing it now on the show for maybe a few months up to a year I don't know how exactly how long and I really appreciated the words that were used so again this is from the the Girls Rock Camp Alliance, which folks can also look up online, girlscamprockalliance.org. It's this awesome music camp for girls and trans and uh, GNC folks, non-binary folks, uh, youth across the world. There are camps that are here in the U.S. and in other countries, and it's also, uh, there's like a lot of scholarships available, so it's like a no one turned away type of thing, which is really awesome. And I've heard just amazing things about it. So, yeah, just a brief plug for this organization. And there, I will modify this land acknowledgement to fit our situation here at Mutiny Radio. 
as many of uh, USA resettler immigrants or descendants of those force, forcefully brought to this continent, we, Mutiny Radio, must recognize and never forget that our that this space here, this radio station, is occupied on traditional unceded Ohlone uh, lands. Uh, we honor and are grateful for the land we occupied and recognize the ongoing damage of settler colonialism. To recognize the land is an expression of gratitude and appreciation to those whose territory uh, we reside on and a way of honoring the indigenous people who have been living and working on the land from time immemorial. Excuse me, immemorial. It is important to understand the long-standing history that has brought us to reside on this land and to seek to understand our place within the history. Land acknowledgments do not exist in a past tense or historical contents, co context. Colonialism is a current ongoing process and we need to build our mindfulness and our present participation. It's also worth noting that acknowledging the land is indigenous protocol. And if folks would like to learn more about the Bay Area land in particular, you can go to uh, ramitosh.com and that's r-a-m-a-y-t-u-s-h.com and also check out the shimmy land tax and that's s-h-u-u-m-i land tax um, <sighs> often i start the show with a bit of a rant and perhaps i'll get into it as i get into more of the news articles and thoughts come up and feel frustrated about things and Oh, there's just so much going on. So I guess I'll get right to the, I'll start off with some of the news articles and then we will, oh, yeah. I'm sure I'll, I will feel something at some point and feel the need to to speak up. And for now, I'll be sharing words from other folks. And this is a local headline and this is a positive thing and it's good to start with something positive. And again, the positive news stories we have on this show quite often are when something negative is stopped from happening or things are changed for the better and also recognizing that these negative things should not have existed in the first place. So it's from Democracy Now! You can also read about it in other places as well from January 23rd, San Francisco District Attorney's Office ends cash bail. In San Francisco, newly sworn in District Attorney Chesa Boudin, who was a guest on the show months ago. I've guess, I guess I've lost track of time, one could say, given how I've begun this show. My memory is a little bit wonky, um, but Chesa wasn't here at the studio and had a great talk with him. And I also replayed the interview quite a bit because I thought it was really important. Many of us recognize that how important it is. And as faulty as uh, the system is, it also can be helpful to organize when you have folks in positions of power who look to challenge the system and recognize it for what it is. So this was a positive, really positive thing that Chesa was elected. So um, he's ended, or they have ended cash bail, uh, saying his office will no longer ask for cash as a condition for people's pre-trial release. Boudin and many others have strong criticized, excuse me, have long, I'm gonna, had a lot of coffee this morning. And by a lot, I mean two cups. Wow, look at me. I'm gonna slow down a bit. Boudin and many others have long criticized cash bail as disproportionately punishing defendants who are poor and people of color. The San Francisco District Attorney's Office says cash bail has also been applied unfairly with African-American defendants paying an average of 12 times more per year for pretrial release compared to white defendants. I've seen a few other write-ups about it as well. Also, I end up finding a lot of information through other sources on Twitter. So if you'd like to read up more and or follow I'm at at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R -E on Twitter and do a lot of 
sharing and retweeting. Also, protests happening. There's always protests happening around the world. What we actually find out about and what actually happens are two different things, of course. And so one in just the three that come to mind, Puerto Rico, uh, folks were protesting, trying to get their governor to resign. They brought a big guillotine to outside the, the governor's mansion. I believe it's the mansion. So that's a big thing. That's a big deal. That's pretty fucking awesome. And in France, folks were protesting and about pensions. And I've seen some footage and there's smoke and people in the streets. There's a lot going on. And then also in Baghdad, I, I believe it was like millions or at least a million, if not more, a lot of people in Baghdad who, who have been protesting, filling the street, um, asking, demanding that the U.S. leave. The U.S. who were never, <laughs> and the, by the U.S. military, I mean, uh, they were never welcome there. It wasn't like, oh, great, they're here. It's more like they, it's just been fucking imperialism and folks have taken to the streets to be like, no, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out now. So sending lots of love and solidarity to all the folks who are able to, and all the folks who are able, lots of folks who aren't able, and or I uh, want to be as inclusive as I can with this language because I recognize that not everyone's able to go out, and uh, folks who support in any way that they're able, uh, a better world for everybody. That's what I honestly believe in. And uh, it, I believe a better world is possible, and again, we might not see it, I might not see it, but it's like little things and uh, looking to create a world where folks help each other instead of harm each other. And uh, there's rehabilitation instead of punishment for behavior and resources are shared and everything is shared. There is more than enough to go around. And how do we change? I think part of it's like the narrative. That's a big thing is if their narrative is constantly lying and telling people to be afraid of each other and to fight one another, that's going to impact people's behavior and, and their thoughts. However, what if we offered healthcare? Okay, that brings me to the next story. This is a bad story. However, you can help. Yes, this is an action or item-oriented show, action show. Anyway, oh, goodness. Okay. <sighs> uh, last week on the show, I read a story about how South Dakota is looking to make it a felony for healthcare professionals to help trans youth. So obviously I'm of the mind that everyone deserves healthcare and affirming healthcare at that. As a trans person, I recognize how important it has been in my life when I've had doctors and physicians and other folks in my life who have been affirming, who have been like, believe me for when I say this is who I am and they say, oh yes, okay, great. What can I do to help you? It's really that simple. It, it should not be a fucking issue. However, there are folks who are spreading a lot of misinformation at times to cover, to cover their own tracks and to make an enemy out of people, especially marginalized folks, like trans youth. Like, I can't, like, wh why wouldn't you want to help youth? Why would you want to deny them health care? And also threaten the folks who are providing them health care. Like, they're threatening doctors. And it's similar to reproductive rights, too, where folks who provide abortions and or reproductive services are threatened. These are people who want to help. Why are you, what? Oh, I can't. Oh. So what's an action item? Well, one is you can like fucking show up if you're a cis person and show up and defend trans trans lives everywhere. Trans Lifeline is a great resource one can donate to. Uh, it's also a a hotline for it's run by created by and run by trans folks. Um, 
the creators were on the show a couple years ago, three years ago, four, I don't know, but check out the archives. They're there. One day I'll have a whole index up of the show and all the guests and the amazing folks I've been privileged enough to speak with here on the program. So Trans Lifeline is a great organization folks can donate to and also just put out the word. It's for U.S. and Canada only, I believe, at the moment. Um, they also provide, I believe they do also provide some financial um, assistance for folks through the Trans Assistance Project, but definitely like look into it and yeah oh yeah okay so those are the folks that you should support and other folks that one can pressure would be the governor of south dakota to veto this bill which is hb 1057 you can tweet um stop or hashtag no hb 1057 and the governor's name is Kristen or christy noem and that's at g-o-v-k-r-i-s-t-i-n-o-e-m and you can also if you go to sd.gov forward slash governor forward slash contact, you can find information there to also call, write, do whatever you can, get your folks to as well, especially if you're like people in, in South Dakota, but it should be up to everyone. And there's that old saying, just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. And that's that thing where, yeah, the, the world we live in is really fucked. Systems have been in place for a very long time to keep it that way. And also, it's up to us to dismantle that and to create a better world that's free for everybody. Cool. Okay. So those were the first few stories I wanted to get to. Oh, gosh. And there's more terrible things that are happening. Spoiler alert! It's a news program, and it's it's disturbing. And also, the only way to deal with it is to like acknowledge what's happening and find solutions and also see in other points in history so we can hopefully prevent it from happening. I had a dream a few nights ago. I've been having really intense dreams. I usually do anyway, but like especially since I've gotten sober, it's like, whoa, really clear, really vivid. And I was on a train, and it got crowded, and then people started disappearing. And then people had to – we realized that people had to kind of get off the train and like either go a different – just pretty much go a different way, or else we're going to just end up going to a place we didn't want to go because we didn't really have control. And also at one point, a person had a gun pointed at me, and thankfully they didn't shoot me. However, it was like, oh, this is frightening. And then I start seeing all these uh, images of the Holocaust, and then it turns out like the Holocaust Museum. And then I heard recently that it's a reminder that the Holocaust Memorial Day is coming up on the 27th, so I think partially that was in my subconscious as well. And in terms of how ICE has been operating and the police in this country have been operating, and the government, et cetera, et cetera, just the ongoing abuse and violence towards so many people. And, you know, if they're not stopped, it's going to continue. It's going to get even worse. They're going to get even more people. And, like, it's already even, you know, it's always been fucking bad in this country, to be honest. And it's become more and more overt and more and more apparent. And I think sometimes folks don't recognize this until it affects them directly and or people they know directly and or they finally see it on TV and or they finally, people finally take notice. And more has to be done to stop what's happening. Okay. So uh, I did mention the narrative and I guess I'll just hop to this story. Hop. I don't know. I said hop. I'll hop to this story. Um, to start, and that has to do with uh, journalism, and it goes to the whole idea with narrative and the stories that people that we hear, what what facts do we actually hear, and how journalists continue to get threatened, and whistleblowers are still threatened and imprisoned, and it's like, why are the whistleblowers in prison? Chelsea Manning's in jail, Julian Assange is in jail, yet the war criminals are the ones going free. 
Dick Cheney's walking around. Karl Rove is walking around. Yet people who point out war crimes, they're the ones who are in jail. Similar to Ramsey Ora, Orta, who videotaped uh, police violence, a killing. I think about that quite a bit. He filmed the death of Eric Garner, and he was sent to jail. Not the police who actually killed Eric Garner, but the person who witnessed it and shared that information. Oh, it's backwards. It's very backwards, and I think it's to live in this country, to understand what's happening, to know what's happening. It's like, what the fuck? How? And also, it's been going on. I mean, I feel like I would imagine when, this, when I started doing this in 2013, this show, it was... Similar. Uh, I know it was certainly similar. I'm just thinking about like my opinion and my feelings on it. It's like things have only gotten worse. Okay. So we're going to go to this article here, and I probably won't read all of it. It's pretty long, but I do want to read a little bit of it and share it with folks. So if you'd like to read more, you can please do check it out. The Empire's War on Oppositional Journalism Continues to Escalate, and this was written by Caitlin Johnstone, for Medium, you can check it out at medium.com, and it was published on January 21st, and you can follow, also follow Caitlin Johnstone on Twitter. And they start off with, there's a start off with a, a passage from the New York Times, citing intercepted messages between Mr. Greenwald and the hackers. Prosecutors say the journalists played a clear role in facilitating the commission of a crime. For instance, prosecutors contend that Mr. Greenwald encouraged the hackers to delete archives that had already been shared with the Intercept Brazil, in order to cover their tracks. Prosecutors also say that Mr. Greenwald was communicating with the hackers while they were actively monitoring private chats on Telegram, a messaging app. The complaint charged six other individuals, including four who were detained last year in connection with a cell phone hacking. This argument is essentially indistinguishable from the argument currently being used by the Trump administration in charging Assange with 17 counts of violating the Espionage Act. The U.S. Department of Justice alleges that Assange attempted to provide private Manning with advice and assistance in covering her tracks while leaking documents she already had access to, therefore for making Assange party to a conspiracy against the United States. It's not surprising that Brazil is advancing the same war on journalism we've been seeing in the U.S., U.K., Australia, and France. With the election of the overtly, overtly fascist Jair uh, Bolsonaro in October 2018, an election whose corrupt foundations were exposed by Greenwald's reporting, with the Intercept Brazil, the Brazilian government moved into full alignment with the U.S. centralized empire, which was why his inauguration was enthusiastically celebrated by characters like 45, Mike Pompeo, Sean Bolton, and Benjamin Netanyahu. It is in exactly the same way we saw a coordination between the U.S., U.K., Sweden, Ecuador, and Australia to immobilize and then silence and then imprison Julian Assange we are seeing a uniform movement toward silencing oppositional journalism throughout the entire U.S. centralized empire. This is because a rising China and the increasing coziness of the cluster of nations which have resisted absorption into the imperial blob greatly imperil the USA's position as the unpopular global dominator, meaning that the empire needs to quickly shore up global control in order to avoid being surpassed and replaced by other power structures. In order to accomplish this, there is going to be a lot of nefarious behavior, a lot of military escalations, a lot of CIA coups, uh, a lot of bullying and subversion, 
and a whole lot of propaganda to grease the wheels of public consent. Such large, frantic, flailing movements can easily be exposed by a free press, which is precisely why the free press is being clamped down upon now. The empire is setting all these legal precedents against oppositional journalism because it fully intends to use those precedents in the future. It fully intends to use those legal precedents in the future because it knows it's going to have to make things ugly. This is all being done to prevent the public from gaining a clear understanding of what's really going on in their world. Because if the public had a clear understanding of what's going on in their world, the empire would forever lose its ability to control them and rule them. Whoever controls the narrative controls the world. The imperialists understand this. The public, by and large, do not. And the imperialists intend to keep it that way. Glenn Greenwald has spent the last three years being falsely smeared as a stooge of authoritarian governments while he was actually doing more damage to an authoritarian government than all of his critics combined. Public trust in oppressive institutions like the oppressive institutions that Empire loyalists have been protecting by smearing Greenwald as a Kremlin agent and a puppin, excuse me, puppin, making up words now, uh, and a poop, excuse me, Putin puppet uh, can be severely weakened by the exposure of their dark underbellies and the light of truth. I'm also going to just comment that uh, wanting to lean away from using the word dark as something nefarious and light as something good because of all the connotations with that. The imperialists know this, and they are determined not to allow it to continue, hence their persecution of Assange, and hence their persecution of Greenwald. All right, so you can find that article. I ended up reading it all. Uh, <laughs> that happened. And you can also, there's also a Bitcoin donation uh, for the writer that folks can use. And, and I, uh, what's it called? It's a, uh, oh my, I'm, my memory. Um, it's, uh, I can't think of it. You all know, head to the article if you're able to. It's on medium.com, written by Caitlin Johnstone. Uh, QR code, that's it. QR code, you can also find information there for Bitcoin to donate to the writer as well. All right. I'm going to play a little bit more from The Harder They Come, and then we'll be back with some more after this.
Welcome back to the Weekly Review. I have a fundraiser here I wanted to share. Stop the Demolition and Preserve 227 Duffield Street. And you can find this on Twitter, and it's also GoFundMe. I've shared it now on the Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Please retweet a little bit about this campaign. Please help with with a last-ditch effort to save 227 Duffield, a site on the Underground Railroad in downtown Brooklyn from demolition. Please support the hashtag abolitionist challenge to raise $5 million as soon as possible to buy back the property from the developer. And this is from uh, Friends of Abolitionist Place are raising money to buy back the abolitionist home of 227 Duffield Street and make it a museum to preserve Brooklyn's abolitionist history. The home belonged to a prominent to prominent abolitionists Harriet and Thomas Truesdell and was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Due to gentrification, the property is now owned by private developers who want to demolish the home as soon as possible to build a 13-story luxury residential complex. The demolition of 227 Duffield is imminent and can happen any day now unless we stop it. In the 1980s, former owner Mama Joy, may she rest in power, discovered a door in the basement. Upon further investigation, she learned the door was a historical entrance where people escaping enslavement dropped eight feet from the backyard into a sub-basement 
that led into a tunnel to travel from house to house inconspicuously. And they have footage of the basement. There's a link in the GoFundMe. Additional research revealed the home belonged to abolitionists Thomas and Harriet Truesdell during the 1850s when the Fugitive Slave Act was the law of the land. The Truesdells are known to have been friends with and hosted the abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison. Located in a part of downtown Brooklyn that was a hotbed for Underground Railroad activity, 227 Duffield Street is close to the former home of conductor William Harned and institutions such as Lafayette Avenue Presbyterian Church, the former Bridge Street African Wesleyan Methodist Episcopal Church, and Plymouth Church of the Pilgrims, all which have been documented stops on the Underground Railroad. Plymouth Church of the Pilgrims once held the nickname Grand Central Depot of the National Underground Railroad System. Today, the property at 227 Duffield Street is the last known standing site of the historic abolitionist residences in Brooklyn, which have all been demolished due to New York City's downtown Brooklyn development plan and have been replaced with 30-story buildings towering over this historical beacon. Can you imagine a street named Abolitionist Place devoid of abolitionist landmarks? The city of New York is refusing to acknowledge this significant piece of abolitionist and anti-racist history in Brooklyn. Buying the property back at market value is our only chance to save it, as the New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission has not agreed to investigate the home for landmark status. It is our duty to ensure the legacy of resistance to unjust and inhumane laws in New York City and this country is not only remembered, but celebrated and passed on to future generations. We must not stop working to commemorate 227 Duffield Street slash abolitionist place as a museum, as a bastion of abolitionist activity, a history of which we can all be proud. Please support the hashtag abolitionist challenge to raise $5 million as soon as possible to buy back the property from the developer. Hashtag stop this demolition. Hashtag save 227 Duffield. Hashtag black landmarks matter. Hashtag black history matters. Hashtag preserve black history. Hashtag Brooklyn is not for sale. And they also provide press information from New York One News, Curbed, Brooklyn Eagle, and City Lab. So again, this is a GoFundMe. I've also shared it on Twitter as well. And I'm going to look at the, um, excuse me, the link right now. And also, uh, it was originally shared by uh, Equality Flatbush, which I encourage folks to follow. And oops, going to, um, you can follow them on Twitter at Equal Flatbush. Um, on Twitter, so please do follow them. And also, they have a website, equalityforflatbush.org. <sighs> on the theme of developers wanting to take over homes, I'm going to switch over and uh, talk a little bit about, or I'm not going to talk, I'm just going to play some information, some interviews uh, from Moms for Housing. They're back on Democracy Now! Or, uh, Misty Cross was one of the mothers, and then uh, Carol Fife, who's an activist, who's with them. Um, I believe I haven't seen this entire interview. I'm going to play a little bit of it. It's from Democracy Now, and I'll play a clip. It's been shared on Democracy Now and Moms for Housing. So. Negotiations that so we're glad that they want 
to come forth and do the right thing. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't.
I'm glad it 
Hello, hello. Howdy. I'm Claudia. And I am the loaf. You're here with us on Tuesday night. What's up, fuckers? Episode 55. Five five. We're just the, 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 the big five five. The right big there. five five. Uh, Doesn't look a day over 40. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what the hell did we do right there? We played some music, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we started off with Messer Chups doing Twin Peaks Twist. It was a little twist on the uh, Twin Peaks anthem there. Yeah, I, I, I quote unquote discovered this band myself and I'm like, oh my God, this band is so great. And I went to Claudia and she's like, oh yeah, but, yeah I totally know who that band is. <laughs> I was like, well, what the fuck? And she's keeping secrets from me because this band is great. And yeah, really awesome, twangy, surfy, reverbed out take on the, 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 the Twin Peaks twist. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. From there, we went to the Headcoats with a town named Squaresville. Um, which Sean brought up. That's where he grew up. Is, uh, yeah, Squaresville. Uh, Squaresville, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just outside. I was just south of Squaresville. We weren't cool enough to be Squaresville. That's where the Buckhouse Square comes from. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's must, I mean, we're, we're unraveling the mystery tonight. <laughs> from there, we went to the Cramps with Swing the Big Eye Rabbit. Swing the Big Eye Rabbit. Um, so this is the thing. Um, you're going to hear a lot of Cramps. Uh, if you're listen to the show with any regularity you know this already but i i've owned you know most of the cramps um most most of pretty much all of the cramps like studio albums in cd or cassette form but i've been uh, attaining them in in vinyl form and every time i acquire a new cramps album i will play it here at the station so you're going to be hearing at least four or five more cramp songs in the next month or so. So I have big plans <laughs> with uh, purchasing cramps albums. What else did we listen to there? Uh, the A Bones with "I'm Snowed." Yeah, A Bones, and who was the band after that? Nervous, Nervous Rex. Nervous go, Rex. Go go girl. Yeah, that was a uh, Miriam. Uh, Lena. Lena, who um, was the the drummer for all those bands, and also the owner of uh, Norton Records. Um, so I had. You know, I. So the drummer for the Cramps, the A Bones, and Nervous Rex. A drummer. The, the, the Cramps had like a million drummers. But they went Spinal this, Tap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right. Um, well, no, she was the second drummer. She replaced, I forget the name, but it goes on and on, especially with drummers. But I um, mean, it, it was always Lux and, and, and Ivy and anybody, you know, like who, who fit the bill. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I, th- I thought I. The, the, Found out that the that Miriam played in these other bands, and I was like, "Well, fuck, we're playing the Cramps, you know." Check out some other stuff she's done, and it's really great. I, I'm actually gonna explore more of the the Norton Records releases, and probably find some more weird shit to play on the show. Um, from there we did what? What that song? Who? That was it. That oh, was it. yeah. Wake me up before you go home. Wake up, bitch. Oh, <laughs> What are we playing then next? What are we going into? Oh shit! Um, uh, oh shit! Actually, I f- I fucked up with you. Um, damn it! You're you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fix this because I'm over here. But um, we actually were supposed to start off with Hedgehog. Um, do some talking. I will do all the talking. Play some play a. 33 RPM, subliminal, subliminal, subliminal criminal. 
by 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 a band called Hedgehog. Um, this is gonna be a long set of forty fives, which means we're gonna be juggling shit pretty fucking fast over here. Um, we're starting off slow and mellow. We're gonna like build to a, a crescendo of intensity, and then we're gonna kind of just you know a little cool down, but um, enough teasers, I guess. This is a hedgehog, subliminal, criminal.
Super Dad. Here comes Benny, plays guitar. 18 years old, can't drive a car.
Shoot, 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 shoot. 
Lorak Bart, vi er